0: One more with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between just one more cupcake and just one more kettlebell swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I'm
1: Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of
0: Hit It, New York's ultimate high intensity interval training workout. Before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Um, send us your questions. Uh, we have several episodes coming up that are based on requests from listeners, which uh, I assume makes them excited because we're going to answer their question, but it makes us excited because we like knowing that we're talking about the stuff that you want to hear about. Um, so let us know what you're interested in. You can email us at info at com. You can um, Instagram message us or send us Twitter stuff. Um, both Instagram and Twitter were at just one more pod or you can Facebook message us or facebook.com slash just one more podcast yeah like whatever you're wondering about whatever you've seen that you're like is this crazy Um, or uh, topics that we just haven't covered uh, let us know because we want to answer your questions Um, so one thing that I know a lot of people have as a goal And also a lot of normal people think is physically impossible is the, the terrible, wonderful pull up. Um, I feel like this is like, and I feel like it was this way before the age of Instagram, that like, this is what I imagine when I imagine like super strong fit people doing an exercise that proves they're better than me. It's pull ups. That this is so. This has definitely
1: been something that has been popping up all over my social media lately, and I don't know if it's just because my Instagram is like targeting me. (laughs) It just knows what I'm currently searching for. So essentially, everything is like CrossFit athletes doing pull-ups now at this point. Cool, cool, awesome, awesome. Um, Yeah. So the pull-up. The, the irony of all of this is the pull-up is one of the most functional,
0: moves that has existed since the dawn of time. Yeah, right. We can't even sort of be like, well don't worry about it because you never have to pull yourself up from anything. Yeah, you of might course have to. you do. Yeah,
1: you you may have to. Who knows? You might have to pull yourself up from I don't know. Um, you're climbing a mountain. Maybe you just need a little bit more upper body strength. I, I think I yeah. definitely need a little bit more upper body strength before well, I climb a mountain. If you're like hopping a fence and you need to kind of pull yourself Right, up if I'm running defense. away from the police. So, if you are running away from the police, Joanna. Very functional. You specifically. <laughs> in your current state. In my of, current pregnant state. In your current state pregnancy. Over a fence. And so I always think of ch- pull ups, and, and I'm going to talk about the difference between pull ups and chin ups in a little bit. Um, But I feel like pull-ups, chin-ups, and push-ups, they are the things that have been around since the dawn of time. I remember when my dad would take us to the playground when we were kids, he would do some pull-ups on the monkey bars, um, and he could totally do them, even though it's not like we had gym memberships at the time because it was a different, I would say, in the 80s. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, gyms existed, but it wasn't as if every single person had a gym membership back then. Um, And uh, uh, the pull-up and the chin-up are two of the most functional movements in that they are movements that recruit the muscle fibers you would need
0: to use if you legitimately needed to pull yourself up. Well, I'm in trouble because I can't do them. I've never been able to. I've never been close. We did the, like, presidential fitness exam thing, and they don't, like... They don't even ask women to do pull-ups in the version of that that I was doing in the 90s and early 2000s. But even if they did, I wouldn't have been able to. Uh, So I could never do them
1: either. Really? Yeah, yeah. And here's my deep, dark secret. I currently, in my physical state, cannot do them. Well, that makes me feel so much better. Yeah, but that is not to say I am not working on them. And so how appropriate. And I was like, this is so weird. When you sent me the... When you set me the topic for today, mm-hmm. I was like, did I say something to you? <laughs> I was like, because that's actually something that I've been actively working on as of late. Because in my own fitness journey, finding movements that are not to uh, sculpt and tone, bra bulge, or like the backs of my arm, or the, my lateral back muscles. Yeah, it's like letting go of all of that. Because I do lat lot pull downs all the time. Mm-hmm. Or I used to. I used to do a lot of pull-downs all the time. I still think they're great. I think they're great for training the upper back muscles, but uh, and they're wonderful. But just thinking outside of the box and thinking to myself, well, that would be so cool, and I'd feel so tough and so strong if I could do pull-ups. That and, you know, I, I currently am managing sweatshed and pull-ups are in the program all the time, and if I'm the friggin' instructor, <laughs> and I'm the one who's like, here are all the variations of the pull-up leading up to it, and I'll show you these variations, and then if you can actually do pull-ups, go ahead and do them. <laughs> and then I don't demo those, but I'll demo every other way of doing them, essentially just like dangling on the bar. Um, so for me personally, it's been my own personal goal to be able to master a few pull-ups um, that's something that myself and a lot of the, the sweat shed instructors are working on. That and I'm going to do a a CrossFit fitness retreat in a few weeks. And uh, I have an inkling that, and pull-ups are very big in the CrossFit world. They call them, there are muscle ups and that's something where you pull yourself up, but then you lock out your arms at the top of the bar. So it's like in gymnastics when a, girl's on, or a, a girl or a girl guy is on the, uh uneven bars and the bars kind of like are right near their crotch mm-hmm. and their arms are straight and they're so yeah in the CrossFit World that's a that's an exercise. That's yeah. And then they have their normal pull ups that they do. Um and I'm like I have a feeling I'm gonna have to do those. So <laughs> that being said, I should figure this out. Well, so I this is very say, appropriate that we're talking about this now. A little
0: intimidating that Daphne can't do them, but also uh, you're the perfect person to talk to because my goal for this episode was to say, um, you know, basically like talk through what a pull-up is, why it's worth doing, and yeah. then like how you do work up to it. Because I know it's possible because I have seen people work on it. Um, yeah. So uh, if A pull-up is something that you think it would be really cool if you could do. By the end of this episode, you are going to know how to work your way up to doing a pull-up. So functionality of a pull-up. Why a pull-up
1: or why a chin-up is important. I'll talk about the difference in two seconds. But we need to be able to push things and we need to be able to pull things. We have a whole episode on the push-up. Mastering the push up and why we do it. So, if you think that is a push exercise, this is a pull. In the world of personal training, you just have two types of movements you have push exercises and you have pull exercises. Um, they are both equally important and both work different things. The pull exercises, for the most part, engage the forearms, the biceps, and the upper back and lateral back muscles. So that is why pull-ups and chin-ups are important because it's using all of those muscle groups. So here's the difference between a pull-up versus a chin-up. It's the grip. So a pull-up is, so if you were to just sit where you are, whoever, wherever you are, whatever, you know, if, unless you're driving, don't do this. <laughs> so if you just reach both arms straight up in the air and if Wave you- Wave them like we just don't care. Yeah, exactly. Like they're just like jazz hands in the air with Woo! your palms facing forward and then now pretend like you're holding a bar. Okay, so that is the pull up. When you do the pull up or the wide grip pull up, it's essentially mimicking a lat pull down. And then what you would be doing is you would actually be engaging, the majority of the muscles are your biceps and um, lateral back muscles.
0: So as I'm doing that, my like elbows are out to the side.
1: Your elbows are out to your sides and then you pull your body up and mm-hmm. then your elbows come down to your rib cage as your chest goes up to the bar. Mm-hmm. Man, it's so easy to pretend to do when I don't actually Isn't have to it? lift any of my body I weight. I know, right? And then the chin up is actually a little bit easier. So, for example, one of my um, one of my female clients right now. I'm just going to use her as an example. When we are doing a chin up, where okay, well, so the chin up. All right, everyone, reach your arms in the air. Now your arms are in front of you, but your palms are facing each other. Like yeah. I'm holding a ball. And your arms are just in the shape of a eleven. Whereas with the other one, they were wider. Mm. Yeah. And so then now your hands are essentially just the shape of an 11 surrounding your face, both your palms facing each other, and now pretend like you're holding a bar or gripping something, and then that's your chin-up. So for the chin-up, the elbows are in front of your body, and they still get pulled down to your rib cage, but the chin-up is going to recruit the biceps a little bit more.
0: Do I use a bar that's facing a different direction, so or the do the reason I rotate why, my so what would you
1: to do with the chin-up, you would be doing the chin-up, you could do the chin up. Actually, here's another thing: the chin up you can actually do with your palms facing your body. Okay, so say it's just a flat bar, you can do your grip with your palms facing your body, just grab straight up, pull the bar, and but it's my like elbows your arms are, are, are in front of you. Yeah, me. and your arms are still in kind of the shape of an eleven. There mm-hmm. are a lot of machines at the gym. They have a type of mach- a, a type of pull-up apparatus. In which you can grip it in this kind of neutral. Oh yeah, grip, I can sort of each other. And they have the little knee thing. That yeah, they're like like resting knee your thing. knees on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's those are your options. In terms, so the difference between pull up and chin up is just the the grip. Right. Yeah. So if my elbows are out, it's a pull up. My elbows are in, it's a chin up. Yeah, and if your grip is facing yourself, it's a chin up. Right. Or if your grip is facing inwards, like your hands are facing each other, it's a chin up. The difference is they are working different aspects of. I mean, every one of these is working your biceps and your lateral back muscles and your upper back muscles. However, one targets one more than the other. Mm -hmm. So when you are doing a pull-up, which is kind of like doing a lat pull-down, when you are doing a pull-up, you're recruiting mainly your lateral back muscles. And when you're doing a chin-up, you are recruiting a lot of... Your biceps and still your upper back muscles. Mm -hmm. Lats are engaging, but it's more about the upper back muscles. So, that being said, I'm just going to use this as an example. One of my clients right now, when we are doing chin ups, she has 80 pounds of assist underneath her feet. Okay. What that means is we're on a machine and she steps on it or her knees are on it, and this little pad goes down and it's offering a little bit of assist. So, she's at 80 pounds of assist. And so that means she's pulling, take her weight, weight minus the 80 pounds of assist, and that's what she's pulling up Cool. Or, and, with her chin-ups. Mm-hmm. With the pull-ups, on the other hand, when she is doing wide grip with her palms facing each other, traditionally speaking, this one's harder. So she's at 130 pounds of assist with that one. So that is just what I have noticed mm-hmm. in my day-to-day life, that when you are able to recruit your biceps a little bit more for the chin-up, It's a little bit easier.
0: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of us are just, like, have spent more time working our biceps Mm -hmm. than our back muscles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, how do we do these? Yeah. How do we, (laughs) because I I definitely can't just, like, walk up to a bar and pull myself up. I mean, so why it's so hard, I think, is partly because you're, like, you talking about how many pounds of assist sort of helps Mm -hmm. me think about it, is that, like, you're lifting your entire body weight, mm-hmm. so for me, like there's no exercise I do with weights where I lift as much weight as I weigh. Yeah, um, and so to then think about using like some of my less recruited muscles, like my lats, um, and using it to lift my entire body weight, um, it makes sense that that's really hard. Yeah, I always say the
1: the hardest exercises for me are anything that involve my own body weight. Mm -hmm. I can lie down on a bench on my back and do bench press until I'm blue in the face. I think they're so great, they're so much easier for me. And then have me do 15 push-ups and I'm like, no! (laughs) It's so much harder for some reason. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with this exercise. You could, with pull-ups and chin-ups. You could sit on a lat pull-down machine, and I love the lat pull-down machine, I think it's really important. Uh, you can sit on a lap pull down machine and you can do lap pull downs and they're fine, but then have yourself have then just let your body dangle from a bar.
0: <laughs> well, and try to pull yourself about, yeah. up and it's so hard. Well when I think about right? like what I what amount of weight I put on when I do lap pull downs, it's like nowhere close to what I weigh. Yeah. So it makes yeah. sense that I can't Same do it.
1: Yeah. So Is it really this... harder
0: for women than men to do them?
1: You know, in my experience I have I know guys who can't do pull-ups, and then I know women who can. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a completely gender-neutral thing. I think think, for the most part, I mean, men do produce a little bit more testosterone than than women. But I also think it has to... You have to think... What I have to think about is just your body weight relative to your upper body strength. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, in my personal thing, it's like, yeah, I have upper body mass. Like, I, I have a strong upper body. But I, I, would, I would say I'm, like, I'm heavier than a lot of people. So that, like, putting, you have to kind of put, you have to factor in so many different things. So then say you have um, maybe a male who weighs the same as me, and maybe they are able to do pull-ups. And that, I would say, potentially, yes, slightly gender-based in the sense that they do just for the pro, just, just they just produce a little bit more testosterone mm-hmm. than a female. This is not to say every male produces more testosterone than a female, but just generally speaking. So as a result, their upper body strength is going to be a little bit higher. Okay, and but that also, being said, yeah, I know a lot of guys
0: who can't do pull-ups. So I think too, like there's also like men who work out and women who work out are have traditionally been encouraged to work out in different ways, mm-hmm. and men. Emphasis on upper body musculature has always been a big part of like bodybuilding yeah. and like why, like high school guys who like work out to like, you know, get bigger, get bigger. Yeah. Like, that's what they're talking about is yeah. like their upper body strength. Whereas women, I think, often either aren't encouraged to strength train at all, mm-hmm. and if they are, they're definitely not encouraged to build muscle mass. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit hard to separate sort of like what is biological and what is cultural. Oh,
1: yeah. I'm glad we're talking about this. Like, this is a big thing, too. I I think that uh, for podcast listeners of a long time, everyone now by this point knows the importance of strength training. And then if this is your first time tuning in, um, you know, two things that I want to bring up. um, If you – well, first of all, strength training, it does not make you bulky. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not – like, it's – you're not going to – like turn into this like incredible hulk thing. that's number one. Secondly, if you were to do something good for your body, like strength training, you know, just waking up your muscles, making sure everything is good and strong and um, and then if that were to change your body and say so you were to become more muscular, what's the problem with that? right? Mm-hmm. So like this is a big question. this is like a big societal question about us valuing a certain body type, just about society as a whole valuing a certain body type. And if a fear of yours is you will get, I'm going to just use quote unquote muscular or manly or athletic or jacked, or if first of all, like I doubt that's going to happen to you. And then B, if it were to, why is that a problem? Mm -hmm. Right. And then if you do take a look at female athletes who do maybe possess a more muscular physique, also know like that that is their living. Like that they right. are they're they're working m- a lot
0: harder than you're yeah, gonna yeah, work.
1: Definitely. Like their their <laughs> entire their entire world is volume training. And um, and so yeah that's total, totally valid conversation to have, you know. So in regards to just strength training overall and then especially in regards to pull ups um, like it's pr- frankly I think it's so badass to be able to be like yeah I can do like three right mm-hmm. yeah like I can do three pull ups right how how cool would it be to say that and then it's not to say that maybe more of a traditionally feminine type of workout like that's not bad either like right. there are things that I love about maybe traditionally more maybe like dance based and this is just tradition like I don't want to put any I hate putting like gender things on anything because it doesn't, but doesn't they exist it doesn't already. mean anything like right in the fitness world it's like just at this point in time, what I've seen is just like men and women just do what they enjoy doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So that being said, um, you know, the things that are maybe involving more of kind of like female centric, like a dance space or Pilates space, traditionally yoga based bar based. Uh, I think those workouts are great as well. Right. So back to the pull-ups, um, if there is some type of fear of bulking up, you can let that crap go. (laughs) And, And then secondly, uh, from a functional standpoint, to be able to pull your body up if you need to, like if need be, that's also a pretty empowering feeling to have. Yeah. So how do we do a chin up or a pull up? Yeah, how do we get started? Okay, so the first thing to do is to acknowledge that there are a lot of exercises out there that already train your back and your biceps. Keep doing those, keep doing those. The lat pull downs, the rows, The bicep curls, cable pulley machines, um, the row machine, anything that strengthens your upper back, your lats, and your biceps, stick with those. Are those moves going to get you ready for a pull-up? Not necessarily. And do you remember in in all of our half marathon training episodes, I always would say, well, if you're running a half marathon outside, you can't train on a treadmill. Like you actually have to train and do the thing it is that you're training for. So if you're running, if you're running a half marathon and say it's it's a relatively hilly outdoor course, you need to do some hilly outdoor runs leading up to it, right? Right. It's the same thing with the pull-up. Even the assisted pull-up machine is going to assist you in a way that may not get you ready for a pull-up. And I think a lot of people are expecting me to say, oh, okay, so the machine you want to start with is just the assisted cable machine. Right, the and assisted, then you just like lower and lower and then, the assistance and, then and you like, eventually uh, get there. Exactly. Every few weeks, then you get stronger, and then you give yourself less assist and less assist until magically, magically, you are um, doing pull-ups unassisted. Uh, so that's not going to work? It doesn't quite work that way. I think the assisted cable, the assisted pull-up and the assisted chin-up machine are amazing. Generally, this is also the machine that you do tricep dips on. Mm. These are great. Like this, this entire machine, the machine that I'm talking about, we'll link to a photo of it. It is fantastic because it works all of those major muscle groups. That being said, if you want to get to a pull up a little faster, I have a bit of a secret. Tell us the secret, Debbie. Okay, so here's what you need to do. Still do all of those things. Still feel like still do all those workouts with the dumbbells, with the Lap pull downs with the cables, still do the assisted pull up and chin up machine. If you really wanted to start to train the pull up, you need to find a pull up bar. <laughs> you need to get used to dangling, <laughs>
0: just like hanging from the bar.
1: Here's the first thing step one. This is called scapula depression. Okay, so your scap is. Sounds scap- bad. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so. The scap, your entire scapula, just everyone, if you just put your, everyone just like take your hands and put them on your traps and your neck and like that whole upper back area. And now hike your shoulders up to your ears and now pull them down away Uh. from your ears. And now hike them back up and then pull them down. Uh. That's the first thing you want to do while you are dangling from a bar. I'm talking dangling. Nothing underneath your feet. You are hanging. You are literally just grabbing whatever at the gym and you are dangling. Now, how do you get up there? Okay. Well, you can grab a bench. You can grab a box. Um, if you have a pull-up bar in your house, just jump and (laughs) catch it and and dangle. Um, (laughs) Please don't hurt yourself, guys. You have to get yourself used to just hanging from a bar. And then the first thing to do, don't even worry about bending your elbows. Just practice, um, getting your traps and your scapula down and then kind of letting yourself dangle regularly. And then because what that is going to do is that is going to start to engage all the proper back muscles that you need to do. Do that for a few weeks, three sets of 10 every other couple days or so, okay? So that's where you start, and then the next thing you do is work your way up to what I call a negative pull-up or chin-up. This is where I'm at now, cool. This is what you do. Say you're standing on your bench or your box, and the bar is above you, and you jump up, and then you immediately hit either the chin-up or pull-up position. So right away, for my chin-up, my elbows are bent, my the bar is, like, to my chest, and I hold that as long as I possibly can. Right now I'm at, like, 10 seconds. And then super, 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 super slowly lower yourself down until you're back onto your box. So you're sort of doing, like, the second half. You're doing the second half. Um, I personally Well and then So you do that for a while mm-hmm. A few times a week And I started doing this Maybe I hit this step Like a week and a half ago I have never been so sore <laughs> In my life I woke up the next morning And my biceps And my upper back Even my lats And I was doing ten ups Which traditionally don't really mm-hmm. But my lats were still on fire um, I, like, I got out of bed And I literally went, oh my God. (laughs) I was like, Stuart, I can't move. I was like, my arms, my arms. so sore. You're gonna feel sore. Okay, your muscles are being ripped to shreds,
0: right? In a good way.
1: In a really good way. And I know this sounds kind of scary and intimidating, but you know, if, if I can do it, so can you. So that is what you do. It's called a negative. And then with the pull up, you would do the same thing where you jump up, you grab the bars, and then you bend your elbows, and your chin should be above the bar right away, but this is with your palms facing forward, and then that's your lats. And you're just dangling, but you're up, and then hold it like at least 10 seconds, and then slowly lower yourself down. You do three sets of eight to 10 reps of that in one workout. And you're going to feel it the next day. <laughs> and you know, I never say to like, oh, soreness, I always say is not the not, goal. not an indication of an effective workout. I always say soreness is an indication of recruiting muscle fibers that you have not recruited in that way before. I had not recruited muscle fibers <laughs> in that way before. No lap pull-down machine is going to recruit your muscle fibers like that at all. So that's where I'm at right now. And it still burns. It still is so hard just holding your body up like that for as long as you possibly can. It's... Brutal, but I'm a test. This is like a testament to the power of your muscles. That when you put that good stress on your muscle, they get stronger. So, like, they are getting easier, Mm -hmm. they really are. In terms of how long this is going to take, it's different for every person. Okay, I I might get this taken care of in the next couple of weeks before (laughs) my retreat. I don't know. Um, I'm it might take me another six months, it might take me a full year. I'm not sure, but there's that. Okay, so then the next thing is if you are going to attempt to start to do the actual up and down motion. So, this will be my next step. Mm -hmm. Not everyone may have access to this. If you do belong to a gym, ask someone where these things are, they're big bands big bands that are maybe like the length of maybe my entire, if I were to hold my arms out in a circle there, it's a big loop band. Mm. Okay. So they're just called resistance bands. And then what you do is you loop the resistance band around the top of the apparatus so that your feet are in the band. You're like, you're stepping into it. Mm -hmm. And then that's giving you a little bit of a lift. So then from there, this is a little springy from there. You still jump up and then you start with, you know, you're all the way up above the bar, and then you lower yourself down, and then hopefully the band is giving you a little bit of lift to pull your body back up. This is going to be more effective than the la- or than the pull-up machine,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay? so it's less of an assist. Less of an assist, and it's still forcing your body to re- recruit all the muscle fibers you need, including the core, including just everything in your body, whereas if you're doing the assisted machine, sometimes the core doesn't get activated at all. So that's the next step, and then from there, that's when you do that, however many weeks you need to do that. And then eventually, you are able to just stand on your little box or your bench, just jump up, grab the thing, and you can do a few pull-ups. And that, my friends, is how you do, <laughs> is how I will eventually do a pull-up. Um, how yeah. do you
0: know when you're ready to move to the next
1: phase? Is it so when it, it it's... does, it will start to feel a little bit easier. Yeah. It will start to feel a little bit easier. It will not feel easy, but it will feel easier that feeling is going to be different for every person. Mm -hmm. Another thing too, the body's really powerful. You never know what's going to happen. You might put that band on and like loop that resistance band around the thing and step your feet into it and kind of jump up and start the whole process. And you might be like, Oh, I was ready for this. Or you might be like, I'm not ready for this at all. (laughs) And then you can go back, right? And then you just go back and you keep working your way up. Mm -hmm. The bands always have different types of resistance. So the heavier ones will give you more assist and the, the looped, the lighter ones will give you a little bit less assist. So that is how you work your way up to a pull-up or a chin-up.
0: Well, it sounds hard, but it also sounds understandable. Right, kind of makes sense-ish. Yeah, Yeah. Um, Are there things we should think about in terms of keeping ourselves safe while we're working on pull-ups? Yeah, definitely.
1: So the big thing with pull-ups is you do not want to think of a pull-up as a finger and forearm exercise. Um, So a lot of times people will say, that their forearms feel like they have been, like, ripped to shreds after doing this. It just means you were relying way too heavily on your forearms and your fingers. You want to almost put your brain into your back muscles. And to do that, all you need to do is just always keep your scapula depressed. So down. So locked down. No shoulders um, for earrings. No shoulders for earrings. If you do that, you're going to be engaging your upper back and you should be fine. The most common thing I hear is the finger and forearm pull all the time. And um, if you are feeling like the soreness in your fingers and your forearms, especially your forearms the next day, chances are you were not engaging your upper back properly. You should feel this, if anything, in your upper back muscles and in your biceps. It's not terrible if you feel it in your forearms, but just like I always say with runners, you wanna rely on the big muscles. Don't rely just on your ankles and your calves and your toes and your feet. Use your butt, like use your quads, use your hamstrings. Same
0: principle with the pull-up and the chin-up. You want to recruit the big muscles. Also, I mean, in talking about, like, jumping up above the bar and stuff, just, like, be careful of your chin. Oh, yeah, like, be careful
1: of your chin. <laughs> you don't want
0: to, like, bonk your chin on the bar mm-hmm. or, like, bite your tongue while you're up and there. And another thing, too, is the majority of gyms now, it's not a straight
1: bar. If you're at a playground, it'll be a straight bar. We're going to link to a photo of this. Um, it's, like, three separate handles. That's the way I want to mm-hmm. describe it is you'll, the machine, every... Every gym, and even if you have that bar that is in your doorway, if you have that chin-up bar, it is actually not a straight bar. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're in a playground, it'll be a straight bar, but if it is just at a gym, it will be three separate grips. And it'll be the three separate grips I talked about. And it'll just be little handles. Mm-hmm. So there's actually nothing for you to hit your chin on. That's probably that a good
0: safety um, yeah, yeah. innovation. So you're,
1: you're, you can just jump straight up then. Cool. Yeah. And even at Sweatshed, it's not a straight bar. It's, it's um, little grippy thingies for cool. us to get onto. So, yeah. So that is how you... That is how you do a perfect chin-up. I'll keep you guys posted on my progress. Yeah, please do. On my whereabouts.
0: (laughs) We'll want to know all about it. Um, So I'm going to do a little takeaway. Yeah. Um, So pull-ups are an exercise that makes you seem very cool and uh, strong, (laughs) uh, but neither of us can do them. Um, And so, uh, but it's a thing that normal people can work up to if they want. Um, It's a good uh, exercise to work on because of its functionality. Um, It being able to pull ourselves up is a thing we might actually have to do in life. Um, It's really hard because you're pulling up your body weight, which is probably a lot more weight than you're normally lifting, especially with those muscles. Um, So uh, in order to work on them, we're going to go in stages where we're going to use the actual like bar or grips um, as great as the like machines and stuff are. There's no replacement for the real thing. We're going to start by just dangling and then sort of practicing uh, pushing our uh, shoulders away from our ears and then back just doing like mini, like almost like shoulder shrug, mm-hmm. hanging shoulder shrugs. Oh yeah. Uh, and then we're going to do negatives where we, uh, using a bench or a chair or a block or something, get above the bar, hold ourselves up there for at least 10 seconds and then slowly lowers ourselves down doing mm-hmm. like the second half. Then we're going to try to do the whole thing, but with a resistance band uh, wrapped around the, bar, and our feet to give ourselves a little boost, and then we're going to eventually move on to the real thing. Sometimes you do the takeaways, and I'm like, that's our episode. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great takeaway. listen, if there wasn't more to say, (laughs) then I would just do takeaways, but there's always more to say. Always. Uh, Well, keep us posted on your pull-up journey, Daphne. I shall.
1: Maybe I will... Document it. Um, yes, much to my chagrin. But, uh, yeah, if you want to see me flopping around on a bar. I do. <laughs> I'll take a video of it next time.
0: Thanks, so. Daphne. This is a feature we call Real Talk, where Daphne and I do some real talk about something. <laughs> uh, so, real talk, Daphne. There are a lot of quote-unquote healthy foods out there. And both of us, I'm sure, eat a lot of them. But there's got to be foods that, despite how good for you they're supposed to be, we just don't eat them. Mm-hmm. And, like, that just has to be okay. Yeah. So real talk, what's your healthy food that you just won't eat? I hate
1: bell peppers. Really? Really? <laughs> I do, and I don't even want to talk about that whole nightshade situation that's going yeah. on with the whole. Elections. You just don't like them. I hate bell peppers. Have you n- never liked them? I've never liked bell peppers. Any unless, color, unless they are covered in ranch dressing. <laughs> I'm not eating them. So raw or cooked. Raw or cooked. Yeah. Wow. So that is my thing that I just don't, and I hate raw celery. Yeah. Yeah, it's a garbage food. I just unless it's covered in ranch dressing or peanut like, butter, I'm not gonna eat it. Yeah, it has to be just basically a vehicle for for a dip. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the reason why I hate these healthy foods are, um, a, I force fed these to myself <laughs> when I was like a teenager and was like I should eat this because it's good for me blah blah blah, and um, I was like fight those like the fiber and celery it's negative calories like a psycho, <laughs> and um, I hate raw celery I hate the smell of it um another thing that I cannot eat is just like a traditional cucumber it has to be like Ah. a Persian cucumber or an English cucumber just a regular cucumber the smell of it and this is also a sense memory aversion thing like doing a cucumber juice cleanse when I was like 13 Uh. and basically like gagging as I was chugging down cucumber juice So, and bell peppers. Yeah, I just have never liked the taste of bell peppers. Mm -hmm. In my mind, and I've eaten like, you know, it's not like I'm buying crappy bell peppers, (laughs) but uh, um, for some reason, my taste buds recognize it only as bitter. Like, I can't get the sweet. And Mm -hmm. and my husband loves bell peppers, and he's always so sad because I just never buy them when I go grocery (laughs) shopping. So, um. Sounds like it's time for him to go grocery shopping. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Stuart, (laughs) that's on your to do list. This Thursday. And then the other thing, too, is if I am eating kale, it needs to be like very heavily massaged kale. (laughs) Yeah. Pampered kale. It has to be very pampered and it has to be tender and the dressing has to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, those are my things that my healthy foods that I just. uh, just have decided in my adult life or actually yeah like I was thinking about how Holly Toronto our amazing body positive coach who we've had on the show before when she was like guys I just don't like kale and the first that- time I heard that I was like what <laughs> but that is the superfood that is very hot and trendy and has been for four years now so yeah those are the healthy foods that I personally do not like celery is fine if it's Sauteed with carrots and onions, and it's the base of a bouillon. It's like a,
0: a mirepoix situation. Exactly. Um, well, I have one of mine that I that's like in a similar category, which is raw broccoli. Oh yeah. I'm just like not. No. No. I'm just not interested. You gotta steam that crap. People. Yeah. I, or roasted. <laughs> or like, roasted. Yeah, cooked yeah. broccoli, totally fine. I don't have a problem with broccoli, but like raw broccoli. Yeah. I'm just not doing it anymore. So I actually have a thought on that. I actually don't think
1: broccoli is supposed to be eaten raw. I legitimately have just a biological thing where I think it is too tough and too bitter and we as humans are not meant to eat it raw and if you put that on a crudite platter we've talked about this before in an old much older podcast episode I think it was like four years ago three years ago we must have been talking about parties Uh and yeah if you set out a crudite platter you steam your broccoli please
0: (laughs) do not put out raw broccoli that stuff is gross. Daphne's not going to eat it. I'm not either. Um, and then the other one which is not in a in the it's not in the, like the bitter vegetable category but it is in the like had a bad experience as a child and now won't <laughs> eat it category. Um, for me is sweet oatmeal. Oh, really? Oatmeal with any sweet accompaniments. What happened? Um, so I what do? I, when I was at camp. <laughs>
1: you puked. Didn't you? <laughs> I
0: wanted to. Uh, when I was at camp as a young person, we did it was like a sleepaway camp and then one night we like went out on quote like on trail so that was our like camping out in the woods <laughs> night and uh, the breakfast was um, cream of wheat
1: do you do they have that not in Minnesota it's had that in California yeah okay. so it's like a yeah. hot
0: cereal porridgey type thing yeah and um, they made this like giant pot of hot cereal with like tons of cinnamon and sugar in it and um, <laughs> I like took a cup started to eat it and I was like oh this is disgusting it's not good. Oh. And then I was like, excuse me, counselor, this is disgusting and not good. And she was like, well, um, we're not allowed to leave any trace, so you have to finish it. Oh, no. So I had to choke down oh. the rest of this disgusting cream of wheat. And to this day, I will not eat oatmeal with sweet toppings, which oh. for a long time led me to believe that I didn't like oatmeal or porridge. Yeah, but, but you then, just like a
1: savory. You can you have it savory. Yes. Yeah.
0: Turns yeah. out... People of the world mm-hmm. have solutions for this. Yes, uh, that Americans until recently have ignored, which is you can put savory stuff on your porridge or oatmeal, So good. and that I find delightful.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a big thing in the Asian culture mm-hmm. too. Is you have your rice porridge every morning, and then you top it with egg, scallions, scallions. scallions. soy sauce. Oh, so good, a. so good. Oh, another thing I don't do. I don't eat chicken breasts. Oh, uh. yeah. <laughs> Give me, I'm all about that chicken thigh. <laughs> Give me the thigh, people. Growing up as a Chinese person, we don't eat chicken breast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it it's always tries as much, yeah. and it doesn't taste as good. We like dark meat. Yeah, and I, I love dark meat. So that's. There are a lot of things, yes, traditionally in the quote-unquote healthy foods category. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, a boneless, skinless chicken breast is the saddest food in the entire world. Real talk. And yes, I'm super judgy right now, I know, because there are people (laughs) out there who like chicken breast, and they're like, what? And I'm just going to say it, you know, I don't judge you. I judge the chicken breast. Yes, totally. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, so real talk, we don't eat those things. Nope. And uh, whatever it is for you. You don't have to eat those things for you. Yeah, just because it's a superfood doesn't mean it's super for you. That's right. There's plenty of foods that are super. Thanks, Daphne. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shaw-Flam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, help subscribing, and to join us on Patreon, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Just One More Pod, on Facebook at facebook.com Just One More Podcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.